Now back to the Sunday show with LaMoya Burks. Brought to you by State Farm agent Derek McGarry on 104.7 KTOI. Again, thank you, Derek McGarry with State Farm Insurance, as we emphasize throughout the show. Thank you for continue to have roundtable discussions as we do each Sunday. Again, we welcome your calls into this conversation. Question, comments, or concerns, 903-794-1047. Thank you for those who have already contributed as we continue our discussion. We just wrapped up talking about the relationship with the United States and Haiti as it stands um, uh, with the unfortunate border uh, situation that we have. We're going to transition in the meantime. Again, you're welcome to call concerning either discussion we'll be having this morning we're going to transition to the vote against this spending bill over hbcu funding historically black colleges and university funding all right well um rep representative miss alma adams uh democratic representative of north carolina says she will not vote for president joe biden's 3.5 trillion dollar social spending plan in its current form as it currently stands because it lacks proper funding for HBCUs. All right. So what are our thoughts considering the carryover equity act? Um, we have uh, Senator uh, Warnock involved. Um, there's talks about requesting the $40 billion um, amount in funding, but the request was denied. All right, let's talk it up. Mr. White is shaking his head. <laughs> you know, again, listen, they don't the quite a few members of the people of the United States don't see the uh, validity or the um, the necessary of having HBCUs and they got to understand that you know there are a lot of a lot of these colleges are not going to be able to accept a lot of our students um, you know you, you're only going to get so many to go to Harvard you only get so many to go to Stanford so right. many to go to Yale but you you know with in regards to African Americans going to HBCU, it provides the opportunity for them to get the education that they need at the for the foundation, and usually that's where you get that at. And then you go on to the to your graduate degrees, and that's where you see most of the people, most of your successful people, in particular African Americans, that started at HBCU and then moved on and, and got graduate degrees at the um, the other colleges. You know, it's important to have funding for these schools so these students get the opportunity that they need mm -hmm. that we keep telling them that they got to have in order to be successful in the United States. Again, they're not everyone is not going to be accepted into these other universities. I mean, if you play ball, there's possibility or but you gotta have a place where African Americans can, can go and get the education that they need so they can be productive people in society and HBCUs always found that as an alumnus of an HBCU I can tell you that is one of the greatest experiences I ever have by going to one as a graduate of Southern University and A&M College in Baton Rouge Louisiana I tell you what those are the best four years of my life and I can recommend that to anyone of uh, African American descent to go to an HBCU because it's important 
um, not only do you learn uh, a lot of, about your own culture, you also learn how to get along with other people like yourself, yeah. which is important. Yeah. You'd be surprised how difficult that's been, that is these days. You get to see the different sides of all phases and all aspects of Afri- African Americans. And so it's a very important uh, um Peace for our country, for the United States, in order to be able to continue to have funding for them. They just don't see the validity in it. So why, you know, hey, we don't need to send them that money. And I understand why she's doing what she's doing. You know, one of the biggest ones that she have there, North Carolina A and T, big HBCU in her in her state. She wants to be able to protect them, and we should. We should do that. And, and funding. And listen, if Biden knows that it was African Americans that helped propel him to that, buddy, put a few, put a few dollars <laughs> in there for him. You know, show him that, you know, how important it really is because it is important. Right. So historically, HBCUs have been underfunded. So the 1890 land grant universities um, like HB, historically HBCU college and university, uh, they're suffering during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, many of us have noticed uh, there has been a strong push of contributions made from Divine Nine and beyond. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, we've seen that marketed and, 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 and communicated uh, through media and so forth. Now, going forward, on the notion, which is factual, there's a funnel. There's a funnel down, though, um, with undergraduate funding being at you know at the top, and then the as we like to say in just leisure talk, as you move up, mm-hmm. <laughs> the funding becomes more slim. Mm-hmm. What is that impact for students of color as they transition to become career ready? Well, the, as we all know, um, when you graduate from high school, there's all kinds of money out there. When you graduate from high school, mm-hmm. if you are fortunate enough to get some money to go to school, you can almost go to school with little debt, little, but some. And I guess little would be forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars compared to a couple of hundred thousand. <laughs> okay, so but you can get plenty of scholarships. Uh, but as you get ready to go to graduate school and on to your doctoral, mm-hmm. uh, that's when the money starts getting slim to none. But. Um, that's something that we all have to work toward. We want um, HBCUs to thrive because HBCUs have their place and have their place <coughs> in the African-American, I should say, in people of color. Because not only African-Americans go to HBCUs, but other minorities go to HBCUs. Correct. So they have their place. Uh, and as Mark said, if you want to learn how to live with us, an HBCU is the best place to find out. <laughs> uh, you can really find out wh- how we are. Because in an HBCU, you get to meet people from all over, not just your own community. And so that's an, another thing. Uh, I did not go to an HBCU, but my husband did graduate from Paul Quinn College, which is an HBCU that moved from Waco, Texas to Dallas, Texas. And so therefore, I am aware and plus my church supports Paul Quinn College. So I'm aware of that. 
But I think that um, the fact that we're not getting the money, again, it's all about uh, do we want them to read? Okay, let's start with that. Uh, we couldn't even learn to read. And so now we are still being told that going to an HBCU or even getting a higher education, even though we're also told that getting a higher education is where is the key to success, but you got to figure out where to get this success key from. So mm-hmm. do you get the success a success key from an HBCU? Do you get it from a school that serves minorities? Where do you get this key from? And why does a key cost so much? Uh, those are things that we as African Americans have to look at. So I do believe that... Um, there's a conspiracy going on about the <laughs> fact that, okay, uh, HBCUs serve African-Americans. Uh, they become successful when they go to an HBCU. So let's cut that off. Uh, that's something to think about. You know, and to her point, you know, again, I, I've, you know, I've gone over this point as well. A lot of people who have gone on and to do great things that you hear these names are, they started out at HBCUs. Correct. Uh, you know, they got the foundation down there because, you know, that's where they get that basic learning. They get the opportunity to um, see what other people are like as well. And then they go on into the graduate areas into different, you know, d- different places uh, all over place i got a niece who um she uh, went to uh, uh spelman and uh she graduated spelman and then she left spelman and then she went to the university of michigan to get her doctorate so i mean you know mm-hmm. she started out at hbcu uh got the foundation and then moved on to a graduate level and then who knows where she's going to go where from you know from there my brother-in-law same way he started out at southern university uh he got his uh, basic dead and then he went on to the uh to uh, uh virginia tech to get his doctorate and now he works for the united states government okay you know so Listen, there is a lot of validity at HBCUs and having them. They're, they serve us. They give you the foundation that you need in order to be successful. Now, I'm not saying that college is like that for everybody. It's not. But what I'm saying is the opportunity at HBCUs gives you that chance. So if you want to go on to do something bigger, right. you get that foundation. And so they're very important to, to be able to do that. So, fun fact, there are 103 institutions of HBCUs, excuse me, and they vary by institution type, including two-year and four, private and public, community colleges, teacher colleges, high research institutions, medical schools, and open enrollment. Right? There are 50 that are uh, private four-year colleges, 39 are public four-year colleges, 11 are two-year public colleges, one is a private two-year institution, and two are medical colleges. Mm -hmm. So my question is, why is there such a fight? Why is there continuing to be such a fight? Audience, please give us a call, 903-794-1047. Well, Ms. Rice said it. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> you know, she pretty much said it. You know, she, hey, look, hey, they didn't want us to read, okay? So let alone try to educate ourselves because that gives us an advantage. So, you know, we're already, well, our culture is already a very strong culture. So now we can learn how to read and we can uh, utilize the principles that we get at the HBCUs and then move on to graduate level. You know, what is that saying? You know, we we can show the, how great that we truly are. So let's cut off let's cut off the foundation. See, if you break the foundation, then you can't grow. 
Right. All right, because the house is going to be unstable. So you got to have a strong foundation. And they recognize that. So let's let's starve the HBCUs because that gives them the foundation that they need. And then don't provide the opportunity to go nowhere else. So now we're just going to try to keep you at the level where you know you can only um, you know work at the small or menial jobs because that's where we think that you belong anyway. And when we spe- we're speaking of the they governmental or you know the united states oh, okay okay so uh representative adams and south carolina senator tim scott would direct money to renovate and modernize buildings at more than 100 of the nation's uh, national historic uh, hbcus and so will that is that going to be enough of course not okay. of course, of course right. not when you think about as i said um uh, Paul Quinn College moved from uh, Waco, where it had been for a while, a long time, mm-hmm. to uh, to Dallas. And uh, the school that they took over in Dallas was an HBCU that went out of business. And so let's think about the fact that what we see is states uh, providing millions of dollars for non HBCUs uh, because uh, the, the state schools can actually go and lobby and uh, get more money to to build up, whereas uh, the HBCUs, uh, a lot of them were founded by our churches. So let's look at that. Okay, our churches founded the HBCUs, and our churches uh, are struggling. And so if the church mm-hmm. is struggling, and they're the ones that found, founded the HBCU, where the money come from? Okay. okay, so let's think mm-hmm. about that. So the other thing is, one thing that we, okay, I'm just going to say we, African Americans, okay. we don't always send money back to our school where mm. we got our education. Mm. Uh, there are always letters going out, I am sure, to the former students of the HBCUs asking them for a donation. Do we just throw that letter in the trash or do we give a donation? So let's think about that. Mm-hmm. We can support our schools and we do need government help, but we also need those of us who went to an HBCU to send them, send them a little money every now and then. Because after all, you are an alumni and you don't mind wearing those colors and telling everybody and going to all the football games. You right there on the front row with your <laughs> colors on and if you were if you were a major red, you got your major red suit on if you still get in. And you up there just really having a good time. I so they just that. send the money back. Did you give them a donation? Did you you know, that's something to think about. So so of course part of this is yes, we're being mistreated. Now is that something new? Come on now. That that's not anything new. But are we reaching back? Are we trying to reach others and bring them up? It's just I'm just saying, okay, yes, we got government help. Yes, we want the government to do right. But have they ever done right? Okay, come on, wake up now. Have now, they ever? <laughs> now, I, want, I, want to say. I want to make sure I insert this. You know, when we're talking about the uh, financial needs of the colleges, alumni gifts are often quickly used for program and capital improvements rather than banked into an endowment. Correct. That is factual. That's right. So we have that challenge, definitely. That's right. Um, and, you got to give enough money for an endowment. An endowment ain't no $25, $30. Come on now. Yeah, <laughs> so true. when we, those who do give back, I'm, I'm just, those who do give back to their university and there are some the money you're right the money is quickly used because mm-hmm. uh, uh computers okay you might need that oh you might need a roof fix so don't so it won't rain in on the students who are living on campus 
that's something that that's why this money is so important to us but we also need to give back this money is important a lot of times you can get a grant if you can find somebody that if you got money to match it so let's not forget that so mr white let's yes. let's consider this yes so in speaking of disparities because miss rice mentioned that earlier the parallel between the african-american church and the foundations with hbcus mm-hmm. let's look at the family wealth gap as as it relates to hbcus in, any any insight on that yes um you'll notice that um the opportunity when they when people get the opportunity to be able to go um, you'll see that they have a greater um, opportunity to for income potential than they would if they hadn't gone to college. And again, listen, I'm not trying to push the fact that college, because college is not for everybody, okay? But I do realize that, um, that when people go to college, in particular HBCUs, to get that foundation, their income potential does grow exponentially mm-hmm. because they're able to get those careers that they want to get so they can, you know, do those things that they want to do in life. You know, um, buy the nice homes and get the nice cars and take the nice vacations and be able to, to afford to take your, to, to send your children to college so they can have an opportunity. Um, again, I'm not knocking those who don't do, who don't do that um, because right. there are a lot of people out there who are successful and they haven't gone to seen anybody's college. So uh, all I'm saying is that yes, having that HBCU does give the opportunity for our people to get that to get that step that they need in order to be able to get to that level where they can become prosperous um, over a period of time. Mm-hmm. It's like anything else. You know, it's going to take time, but that foundation helps them to elevate there. And then, you know, once they get in the industry or, or wherever it is, be an entrepreneur or whatever they decide they want to do with that education, mm-hmm. it helps to be that springboard. All right. Well, what we're going to do right now is take time for commercial work, and we'll be right back continuing our discussion. We'll be right back with more of The Sunday Show with LaMoya Burks. Brought to you by State Farm agent Derek McGarry on 104.7 KTOY. I'd like to ask you a question. Are you paying way too much for your car insurance? Sure, the rate you pay on insurance isn't everything, but State Farm has surprisingly great rates along with first-class customer service you deserve and will receive from our office. This is your local State Farm agent, Derek McGarry, and I would love to be your good neighbor. Please visit us on Kings Highway in Wake Village next to Anytime Fitness or call us at 903-831-2000. Okay, guys, we got to put our trays up for takeoff. Where's Dad? Oh, he's in the back. We could only get three seats together. Daddy has my pillow. We'll get it later. Can you not put your feet up, please? Why aren't we going? We must be in line for takeoff. Like security? Well, that was a different line. I have to go. We just sat down. But I have to go. The seatbelt sign's on. Why aren't we moving? Hey, no picking. We're just 15 in line for takeoff. Son of a... Don't go there. Go on a real vacation. Go RVing. Learn more at GoRVing.com. Wouldn't it be great to detangle, dry, and style with one tool? The Infinity Pro by Conair with The Knot Doctor. All-in-one dryer brushes do it all. Smoothing dryer brush smooths and adds shine. Large oval dryer brush creates a salon blowout at home. Shop The Knot Doctor dryer brush collection at Conair.com now. And for complete rules and details on how you could win $2,500 plus fantastic products from Conair in the bags, go to ConairBackToBeauty.com. That's ConairBackToBeauty.com. Now back to the Sunday show with LaMoya Burks, brought to you by State Farm agent Derek McGarry on 104.7 KTOY. 
the life and legacy of HBCU uh, as higher education concerns with funding, underfunding, and the thoughts of endowments, uh, alumni giving, and beyond. We're continuing our discussion with Mr. Mark White and Ms. Joanne Rice. Uh, we're talking about all things stability for a high quality of service and resources to our HBCUs. Um, we, we've uh, validated that the endowments provide financial st uh, stability to an institution, leveraging other sources of revenue to offset the cost of institution uh, tuition for all students who cannot afford it. We're talking about the balance of uh, before we went to commercial break family income as it relates and how it spills over into outcomes. If we're talking about cause and effect, uh, HBCU funding. Mr. Mark White, you were talking before the break. And, you know, so it's important that um, the funding that they have for HBU so they continue to provide the programs that, you know, that, that young people are looking for. Um, it's important that, you know, naturally you're going to get the very the disciplines um, like engineering disciplines and, and uh, the mathematics disciplines and um, uh, some of the other disciplines there. But, you know, with the way society is changing, so, you know, it's important to continue to have funding so they can change along with it so they can be viable and give these um, opportunities to young black uh, men and women to be able to, like I say, to springboard into careers that allow them to become productive people of the United States. You know, if you, you know, it's easy for people to say, well, you know, the uh, black people are not going to do this, I'm not going to do that, but if the opportunity is not there, it's kind of difficult, you know, to, to be able to say that. But HBCUs does does provide that springboard. And it's important because, you know, you look around and you'll see, you look in your community, you'll find out there are quite a few people who went to HBCUs mm -hmm. and they mm -hmm. had, they don't say a lot, right. but they've gone to them and, you know, like you say, they wear the colors and they mm -hmm. go to the games. <laughs> and, and But, you know, they got the foundation that they needed from that to help them get to where they are right now. And so um, it's important to get that funding. Not only, you know, and Ms. Rice has a point, you know, we have to give back. We have to right. give back in two ways. We have to give back financially, and we have to give back because we are a representation of that university. So we have to show that, you know, what we what we did learn and we apply it. And, um, you know, so, you know, I like and shine, so it gives an opportunity for them to say, hey, look, that's possibly a place that we want to go. And, again, you know, HBCUs are not only just attractive, African Americans, but it's attracting all walks mm -hmm. of life now. Because mm -hmm. uh, you'll you'll notice that you'll see Latinos right. they're going to HBCUs, and right. I had these Caucasians going mm -hmm. to HBCUs. Right. So I mean, you know, hey, it's it's an opportunity for everybody. It's an opportunity. So with that being said, you know, you've got the high student and parent borrowing. Uh, for attending HBCUs has been some of the most important, unfortunate impacts. We see that in all schools, um, but we're specifically talking today about HBCUs mm -hmm. who also have a greater punch mm -hmm. considering all of what we've discussed. How much should the federal government uh, allocate to HBCUs? Because, you know, we had the proposal that was on the table and we ha we've had the denial. Um, is it possible to put a number on it? Audience, you're welcome to join in these last few minutes. 903-794-1047. Hey, HBCU people out there, we would love to hear from you. 
Any insight from my panelists? Sure. Why, why can't we make it equitable? If you're going to say you're going to give $100 billion to colleges and uh, universities like Harvard and Yale and, and Stanford, why not give $100 billion to HBCUs? I mean, let's just make it equal. Um, you know, they have a, they have a, they, they have a purpose. Uh, they have an opportunity to give uh, young people, no matter what your background is, the opportunity to be able to get into a career and become productive people of the United States. So, listen, funding should be as equitable as it possibly can. Unfortunately, you know, I again, I don't uh, try not to downgrade the uh, university system of Louisiana where I was and I went to school, but you did see uh, inequality because, of course, they gave LSU all they could give them. And then they would try to starve, you know, Southern University. So, um, you know, we have to be equitable and and give them the opportunity to do this. Because, listen, they produce quite a few people. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, Factual. You, you, you stop and you look at a lot of the successful black people and that that, you know, names that you're, you're well aware of. Their foundation started at HBCU. Right. And then they go on and do something else. So it's important. I mean, again, I can't emphasize that enough. One, definitely giving back, and two, um, utilizing what you learn in order to, and to apply it so people can say, hey, yeah, that, that's a place that I need to go. All right. So equitable educational opportunities equals career readiness. Give back, give back, give back. Yep. All right. Well, that's it for this edition of the Sunday show. On behalf of me and all the great and wonderful people here at Texarkana Radio Center, thank you for being our listeners and for being kind enough to tune into the Sunday show. Remember, you are listening to KTOY 104.7, the station that cares about the quality of your life, the soul of the city. In case you want to hear this show again, it will be rebroadcast at 6 o'clock p.m. this on our sister station, KTOY Gospel 105.9. And podcasts of previous shows are available at KTOY1047.com. If you, you, right there, listening right now, if you would like to appear on the Sunday show, please contact me at 903-794-3997. And please try to keep in mind we prefer to schedule guests at least a month in advance. Listen, audience, this show is for you. We want to hear from you. We want to engage you. Please give us a call. My phone number again is 903 794 um, 1047 or on my cell 903-244-3997 remember we love you thanks for tuning in join us again next Sunday uh, for another edition of the Sunday show have a great week the Sunday show on 104.7 has been brought to you by State Farm agent Derek McGarry here to help life go right the Sunday show with LaMoya Burks we'll be back next Sunday morning from 9 to 10 if you have any questions about the show or would like to be a guest call LaMoya Burks 903-244-3997